365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Purple Psychology. I'm Marie O'Riordan. Thank you for tuning in in 54 countries around the world and thank you for sharing the episodes with people who could do with the topics that you know of in your life. You can go to the website purplepsychology.com for further details. Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, welcome back. Thank you. This time we continue with your tit-for-tat revenge on the people stealing your topics by talking about introverts and extroverts and getting rid of some of the nonsense. Yes, this is one of the most ridiculous articles I saw during the week, right? Uh, so do you prefer mountains or beaches? Definitely beaches. Okay. But my coordination, I'm not... I have climbed some mountains, but I'm not very good that way. Okay, so uh, you're, you're wrong answer. You're supposed to... You're only extroverts like beaches. I read this and I was fuming... <laughs> Okay. Talk about trying to put us in a box. Yeah. Um, so the idea behind this is is that um, beaches are too stimulating for us. Um, so. Um, Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So you know, we're, we're, when you're introverted, you've got to go away to a mountain and you know be completely <laughs> with nature. Okay. Right. The most ridiculous aspect. We're off to the Himalayas, are we? Yeah. Right. The most ridiculous aspect of this is is that I actually know another introvert who is a barefoot water skier. Oh yeah, she is. Yes. In the United States. Yes. And and how much more stimulating can you get? Like most of the rest of us like to walk along beside the water. We don't you know. Now, I'm very into water and very into canoeing and You're an incredible swimmer. Yeah. Um so like I really like water. So I, I found this idea ridiculous. Now what I will say is that if they'd asked me the question, do you want to go to a beach, um, lie out topless, um, with a couple of thousand other people Whatever floats your boat, Nisha. Whatever floats you know, your boat. You know, a couple of thousand other people all maybe gawking at you and all the rest. I probably would have said no. Possibly <laughs> So I think they needed to basically, and maybe they might have had to ask me how long I wanted to go to the mountain for as well. You know, because I certainly wouldn't choose to live on a mountain. That would be just a bit too isolating for me all year round. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so, right. So moving on. So that, that was one topic I read this week. Um, so let me find the other one because I haven't actually... So we're not going to the Himalayas? No, I, I, well, I don't mind. I'm not sure. <laughs> not to live. <laughs> um, okay, so this was something I wanted to show you, right? So this was another article I read, and it was basically a series of infographics. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll put this up on our Facebook page um, so people can see it. Um, and Which it is, it's Purple Psychology. You set that one up, yeah, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so so facebook.com forward slash purple psychology. Did you set it up that way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a bunch of infographics and it's supposed to determine that there's two types of people in the world. Now, what I think they're trying to get at is the sort of idea of people being quite structured and other people not being so very structured. So I can see here that, for instance, what they've got is a series of pictures, say, on iPhones. So, for instance, people only have one alarm clock set on their iPhone rather than 10 alarm clocks. I'm different one. Okay. What are you? I, I would have lots of time set, which I'll talk about why okay. in a minute. 
um, people who would leave things in their inbox and people who don't. Oh yeah, I'm saying box. Right, okay. I'm totally zero inbox person, always. Okay. okay. Um, again, I, I'm not completely, and there's a reason for that. It's how you mark the pages in a book, how you cut your sandwich, um, how you lay out your desktop on your computer, how you labeled your files. Um, and, and so on, it goes down, goes down through things. Um, oh, the most ridiculous one is whether you put your real date of birth into the computer. That will be determined for another reason. Um, how you eat your chocolate, um, how you ordered your books on the shelf, which again will be for different reasons, and how you would, whether you would create folders on your smartphone for your apps and so on, right? Now, we are equally tidy, structured sort of people, but the reason that you have one time set on your phone and I have a numerous time set on my phone is because I frequently use those times during sessions for alarm clocks to go off to let people know what time it is. Not necessarily to let me know what time it is, but the people I'm working with, so that you know they know we're half an hour into session or we've got 15 minutes left and so on, so on. And it's actually very difficult as a dyslexic to constantly set up new times on things and to do it in the right way. So I tend to rely a lot on technology to do things for me. So when I half type spellings into Google, I let Google find the rest for me. Mm. And I use predictive text in in that sense a huge amount to spell words for me. And you're always very entertained by it because you will type out the whole thing. Oh yeah, I have it all turned off. Yeah, um, but I can't spell it. So I use all these shortcuts all the time. Similarly, I will leave items in my inbox because I need to refer back to them because there's something I need to be able to spell, a name, an address, or something there that I know I'm gonna need to refer back to in mm-hmm. the next week. And then I'll file it away when I don't need the spellings anymore. Um, and how I would mark a book will be quite different from you, what I would have on my desktop. And similarly, not everybody's brilliant at being able to spell, so they wouldn't necessarily label their files the same way, and so on. So what I find really interesting about this is that it's yet again a way that people try to decide on a very narrow band of things based on one personality trait, how everyone will fit into it. And then they don't really take into account maybe how privacy matters to you or how having a specific type of learning difficulty will make you function slightly differently. All the introverts I know, whether in Ireland or internationally, especially the States, tell me that, you know, for important stuff, we use our real date of birth, but for other stuff, for security reasons, we don't. Yeah. So you can't kind of make these assumptions about things. And also, I would be quite likely to not just use a bookmark in that way. I'll be quite, I use the, the strips um, that you stick on to books, actually, to mark sections. And again, for Whereas different I'm reasons. A, I'm a bookmark person and always yeah. have been. Yeah. So I, I just felt that there was an enormous amount of assumptions made in this article. And there's the sort of assumptions that are made, particularly in a school context or in a work environment context, all the time. People never think beyond why someone might work slightly differently. And they certainly won't write a practical to-do list like I do of things to try because I write very practical reports for my students and I will give them a whole series of practical things. And the same for the adult clients that we work with who have learning difficulties. You know, I'll write a list of suggestions of things to them to do to make their life easier. Mm -hmm. Um, And this article just makes the assumption that we're all all the same. We're we're in two boxes. Actually, speaking of which, because I had some great conversations during the week with people living with learning difficulties. And can you talk a little about your Kindle and your iPad settings and stuff like that, and maybe Audible, just to, just for a quick sec? 
Yeah, um, basically um, I tend to pick pick the font um, that's slightly rounder than everything else. What you're looking for is that the small letters and the big letters will look slightly differently. Um, I will obviously use white on black. I use um, two columns so that the text, the length of the, the sentence is as short as possible because that stops you skipping onto the wrong sentence. Um, you make the, the width um, for the, the, the margins as wide as possible so again you kind of squash the text into the middle of the page so that the sentences are as short as possible and you make the distance between the lines of text the maximum space so again it's easier for you to go from line to line um, those are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Thank you, because we're asked about this again and again on purplepsychology.com. Also, do you use Audible? Um, I do listen to a lot of audiobooks, but I haven't really got into Audible. And I know that there's a way on Kindle to buy the, the audio version and the text version and listen to them simultaneously, but I have not actually done it. Perhaps look up YouTube for people listening and they yeah, can see. But there is, a, there, there is a way to do it on Kindle now. And Kindle's um, audio version is called Audible. So, so I think they work hand in hand. Recently it was funny because the makers of Momentum Valley actually were on our social media and were delighted that you're recommending Momentum Valley for dyspraxia. But you want to touch on dyspraxia again in this episode briefly. Yes, this was another horrific article I read this week. Um, it was one of those ones that, yet again, it was everything really negative about dyspraxia and, and to a whole other league from anything I've ever read in an article on dyspraxia. I think if you were a parent, right, and you have been told that your child had dyspraxia, this is the number one article you would not want to read, okay? There was nothing positive on it. It didn't suggest a system to help people. Um, and it implied that dyspraxia kids are automatically 15% heavier and more overweight than all other children, which I thought was pretty horrendous. Ouch. Yeah, I just thought it was a really negative thing. I just, like, and, and when I think about it, I don't, I don't see a correlation in the students with dyspraxia. I, I couldn't pick out a body mass of any of our students, so I, I, would, have time, I would have a hard time agreeing with it. I'm sure that there's some dyspraxia kids that really don't like sport, but there's usually some sport they can get into. And I don't think you can base the assumption that someone's going to be heavier just because they don't like sport. Speaking of which, we had a conversation during the week about sport over a coffee and a hot chocolate. And it was that I have played some team sports, but I always opted for the solo sports, if you like. And were you the same? Yeah, because this, again, this is another common one. We're going to talk about myths of introverts and extroverts in two topics time, I think. Um, and this is a good one, too, that all introverts don't like sports. No, they just don't always pick to do team sports. Now, they'll do some team sports. And there's, you know, there's some very high-level introverted people that we work with in certain sports that are actually team sports. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they tend to have one position out on the pitch, but that's another matter. Um, they're seen as extroverts in the media, but they're not. Yeah, so it's quite interesting. Um, but they'll usually have one position on the pitch that forges out on their own, so it's quite interesting. Um, but, you know, I suppose extrovert people do prepare to be in team sports. Um, and But there's loads of sports that introverts play, from tennis, badminton, canoeing, cycling, swimming, I, you know snooker, golf, um, there's a whole list there. But there's equally, there's as many extrovert golfers out there too. So I, I find this very, again, it's very categorising. 
Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, thanks for being here. Thank you. That's episode 28 of Purple Psychology. Thank you for listening in in 54 countries and for sharing the podcast with people you know, with the topics that you may think are of interest to them also. The website is purplepsychology.com. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. 365 Success app offers a simple daily tip for a more balanced life. 365 Success is a one-year plan over six levels where a new tip is displayed each day. The people behind 365 Success are academic and creative life hackers Dr. Nisha O'Reilly, Dr. Graham Hughes and Marie O'Riordan. Discover 365 Success, available now in the App Store.